Hey, it's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can watch this on the No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major podcasters, Odyssey, and Rumble as well. Uh, I'm not really publishing a lot of these on YouTube lately, so uh, yeah, I would highly recommend Rumble, Rumble, Rumble if you want the video. And obviously, you can just do the normal audio podcatchers if you want to just do the audio version. But I'm uh, especially for certain content, like the content we're covering today. Uh, I want to not. I want to not put that on YouTube. And I may start making more of a habit of this going forward. Obviously, YouTube's kind of like where you can kind of get more traction. But I want to start doing more content like this. But it kind of worked out this way where I got a strike, and so I had time. I still had time. I can technically still stream or post to YouTube right now. But I have a period of time where I still have that strike active. So if I get another one, I get a second strike. Whereas when it expires, that strike goes away. So I figure, hey, why not? I'll play it safe. And then I can actually start covering some content like this over here in Rumble. Uh, you know, I'm putting all my content here for the meantime. But I think going forward, I'll probably start doing this now. Now that I got the hang of this logistically. A lot of the changes for me are just I'm a tech idiot. So it's like adapting. But uh, I've adapted to this. So I think I may start doing rumble exclusive type content when i'm covering uh spicy content like if we say we ever gone to schmandy schmook or something like that uh that would definitely be rumble only um you know stuff that's obviously going to get you in trouble and the one stuff we're talking about today which is also kind of it's kind of on the line of whether it will or not i don't know uh i'm kind of alluded to already uh my guest today is tim tuttle uh, we, this is a second part of our What Really Happened at Columbine uh, series that we're doing. I'm not sure how many we're going to end up doing. Uh, we just covered kind of the basics last episode. Now we're going to start digging into it. I'm looking forward to it. I do want to remind people how this works. If you're a patron, you're catching this episode probably roughly about a week earlier than the rest of everybody else. Uh, if you'd like to be able to get that perk, it's patreon.com. And like I said, roughly a week later after you know, week or so, give or take, some days, Depending on my schedule, but roughly about that amount of time before releases. Sometimes I don't do I don't do early release content, but most of the time, most of my content's early release. Every now and then I'll do a live stream. It goes out to everybody, but this is the bulk of it. So if you want that early content, patreoncom Jose 2020 uh, And the highest levels of my sponsors, I read them off every level or every episode. I have Tower, uh, I have Toad of, uh, he's my co-host on Tower Gang. You can follow him on Twitter at Tower Gang Toad. Uh, yeah, definitely go follow that show. That's an offensive comedy show, so it's not quite the same thing you're going to be getting over here, but I'm a co-host over there as well. I have at Abrogate D's. He's a mutual on Twitter. Go follow him. Then Kevin B. Clark. He's a full-time guitarist and private music teacher in the New York area. So if you're looking for a guitarist for a gig or you're looking for a private music teacher, he's your guy. Uh, I do want to remind you guys, if you want to get those Terrence Eke or Can't Thread to Do shirts, those are up at toplobster.com. You supposed to check it for 10% off. Obviously, he's got a lot of other great merch you guys can get. Uh, but, I mean, if you're into this type of content, you probably might like to pick up a Yiki or a Trendy shirt. I highly recommend it. Uh, I don't get a drop of that, so it doesn't really make a difference to me. I just like moving that stuff forward. Uh, I, mean, I think technically I'm supposed to, but I get a get a cut back, but I've never even asked for it. So, whatever. In, in effect, I don't. Uh, and that's fine. I'm fine with that. I just I like hooking up a buddy. I like uh, promoting the message. Uh, but with that, let's go ahead and get Tim in here. What's up, my dude? How you doing? Pretty good. Good. Glad to have you back. Uh, last time we kind of covered the basics. Looking forward to dig into it deeper. Um, one thing I noticed in a lot of your edits you've made on Columbine, I just wanted to bring this up now. I feel like we'll probably get this into this later. 
Uh, I'm definitely a, of the shit poster variety. So when I see stuff that's like Nazi iconography or stuff like that, it doesn't scare me off a lot of times because I, I know sometimes people trolling or fucking around. I've noticed in a lot of the Columbine ads, there's a lot of like Nazi or satanic icon iconography. I'm assuming that's going to come in later and that's more related to the content of what's going on as opposed to a political statement. Am I right? Uh, well, even like the normie mainstream story is that Eric and Dylan did that on 420 because it was Hitler's birthday. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, because I noticed that a lot of it. I was like, am I just not remembering some key component here? Not that I've really dug too deep into it. I did want to let the audience know. I think I kind of let them know my knowledge level. I, I don't have a, a deep knowledge level, so I want to make sure no one thinks that me bringing on you or even talking this means I'm proposing any specific one, uh, any specific theory. At this point, I'm pretty much a blank slate. I've not, I'm, I, I think maybe there's a little bit more of the story uh, but nothing too crazy as of now. But, you know, as we go, I'll be honest, uh, you know, I think uh, knowing how I know Tim, I feel like you'll be similar in that regard. And we'll be like, all right, this right here, like we say we're talking about some crazy theory, be like this right here, not found in a lot, but it is a little bit compelling. Like, you'll be honest, I think. We'll see. Maybe you won't. Uh, but that's been my interaction with you. But I, I'm kind of looking forward to it. And we kind of last episode, we got into... Uh, we, we, at one point we were kind of explaining the concepts, uh, the different, co uh, concepts or layers behind Columbine conspiracy theories. And we used a comparison that, uh, uh, Dr. Wendy Painting used in her book when referring to Oklahoma city bombing. And I think this kind of works well here. There was actually a mutual of ours on Twitter who made a tweet about it. It kind of reminded me of it. And I was like, you know what? That's a good I think That might be a good template for us to work with. We start with the more simpler ones and work out from there and kind of explain, the different possible narratives people come up with and what credence there are to each of them. We last week, we basically mostly covered the lone wolf aspect, uh, which would be, I mean, lone wolf is a little bit of a misnomer here since it'd be Eric, Dil Eric and Dylan being the shooters here. So lone wolves, I guess, uh, but it's still the same idea kind of applies. Um, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on lone wolf before we, move into pack of wolves and start explaining the credence behind that uh that archetype theory essentially well it's the same way with the oklahoma city bombing if you're going to use the lone wolf narrative then using that that itself creates holes later on when you try to explain how it happened or oddities that you find investigating it sort of like how uh Timothy McVeigh can't be five places at once or like have five Timothy McVeigh's in one vehicle. So like any, any lone wolf narrative is going to have its problems as far as, well, all right, I get that, but how do you explain this or that? Yeah. Well, maybe that's a good place to start then. Uh, I, I know you wanted to kind of talk about uh, a little bit about inconsistencies of the official narrative. I feel like uh, unpacking the lone wolf narrative and kind of, you know, pointing out some of the holes and obviously, we'll probably point out more ho holes as we get deeper down the rabbit hole to different, you know, once we get to like, uh, you know, it being an op or something along those lines, it, it, there'll be more holes to point out. But I guess whatever holes you think at this surface level are worth bringing up that point major, put major holes in the official narrative. I guess now might be a good time to discuss that. You can divert me otherwise. But I think now before we get into Pack of Wolves, we can kind of point out uh you know, some inconsistencies with the lone wolf narrative. 
<laughs> Excuse me. There's a when the shooting first happened, it was uh, Rachel and Richard outside. So with the narrative just being Eric and Dylan, it's hard. It's a very tight timeline for them to get upstairs and be able to shoot Dave Sanders while they're while bombs are going off in the cafeteria. So it's a, a situation where they would have to be two places at once. I mean, it's possible. I guess, but it's like, it's a really tight timeline. Oh, so when you look at the timeline, it's similar to, I know a big hang up with the JFK thing is uh, a lot of people get really in the minutia when it comes to, uh, God, who is it? The, the Oswald and in how many floors he went to before he came down the building and whether he, you know, it, like it gets in the most minute minutia of like, could someone even theoretically move to the speeds to fit this timeline? And I guess it sounds like we have a similar, uh, similar issue here. Uh, is there anything you want, to, you want to expand on that point at all, or, or if there are any other inconsistencies we could talk about simply on this level before we move on? Uh, uh, one of the last things I said about Rachel Scott is the it's acknowledged by Jefferson County that the the time on the cafeteria footage was adjusted or something along those lines. So for her to have a receipt at 11.30 really throws off, like, everything going on. Because if it, I, it might not be real, but if it is, then we would have to explain why Why are they trying to say it happened 20 minutes earlier. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. I guess we can start – we can get into the next level of, uh, you know, narratives. Uh, and I guess could you – if you want to briefly maybe give a rough overview – or maybe the different multiple branches that you might see frequently of or versions of the pack of wolves. So people can understand what we're getting at. All right. Everyone knows that they wore trench coats the day of the shooting. Well, it would be really odd if it was just two students in that whole school walking around in trench coats. Everybody would know them. I mean, there's those two retards walking around in trench coats. They're like 18 years old. What are they doing? But there was this group at Columbine. They were basically like the Gothic kids called the Trenchcoat Mafia. I can't remember who founded it. I think Joe Stair claimed that he founded it. But this the pack of wolves that Eric and Dylan did the shooting with this group. And they sort of went into overdrive after the sh- shooting happened that we didn't, we were associates, we weren't really friends. They wore trench coats, but no, we didn't have anything to do with them. So it's kind of like a lame excuse of like, I mean, these two guys were in trench coats and all y'all do it and y'all just don't know each other. It doesn't seem likely. So that would be the the people involved. Okay. Uh, I remember uh, when you you sent me over a few threads to check out before we, we started these episodes. And I remember looking and there were multiple police reports that seemed, at least I believe they were police reports, of different individuals claiming there were other members of this group that had no had more no to where it sounded like either criminally involved or at least like a, maybe like a Michael Fortier type situation to where it's like, you know, they were involved early but then kind of had nothing to do with it later. Um, I guess I guess trying to think of how to formulate this into a question. Um, 
Oh, I totally had a brain fart there. I lost my track of thought. Uh, what the f- what, what what the fuck? Remind me what I was just saying right there. I just completely spaced out trying to think about something else. That was uh, some police report, kind of oh, like okay. a uh, limited yeah. help. Yep, yep. I remember what I was saying. Yeah, the, the all the different people that saw other people that were talking about other people involved. Uh, I don't know if you want to expand on that. Maybe some of the other individuals. I vaguely remember one that was specifically someone himself who said he was kind of involved or had some sort of firsthand knowledge of it, of some of the people that clearly had more sinister connections to this event. Because uh, let me know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not aware of any other like legal issues that any other individuals came across because I would assume – from some of the things I saw, there, it was, there would be some people seeing some legal issues coming their way. They should have, at the very least, you know? On the, on the day of the shooting, there was one arrest, mm-hmm. and that was Chris Morris. He worked at Blackjack Pizza with Eric and Dylan. A lot of people from the Trenchcoat Mafia worked at Blackjack Pizza. I was uh, re-watching a video earlier this week, and somewhere in the 11K – what Chris says is he turned himself in or he called because he said he knew the shooters, which is sort of a similar pattern a lot of people had when they called 911. And so they arrested him, and that was the end of it, according to what the official narrative is. But it, it, a little bit of it was sort of like a pony show because they had him in a secluded area when they were questioning him. Then we have all these cameras over here. And, so let's leave this secluded area and put you in front of camera so we can talk to you in a, it was, it was mostly maybe a little bit for show. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we have any other, uh, highly suggestive or even maybe damning, uh, bits of evidence to show there were other people involved that you can think of offhand? Well, over 20, about a little less than 10 people that made it through the redactions over 10 people specifically named Robert Perry as being a shooter. And one person did name Chris as a shooter. And also in Jefferson County, when you're looking at the 11 case, sometimes like in the library, they have like a diagram of the library and they have like hand handwritten notes on the sides. And they forgot to redact that it had Chris Morse's name on it. So a witness was placing him in the library. Hmm. All right. All right. Now, has there been any official statements from the police regarding anything about this or the other individuals involved, or has it just been radio silence, essentially? Uh, Initially, right after the shooting, uh, John Stone, the sheriff, said it could be as many as six people, eight people, however many people was involved. They were going to investigate it, and then I guess they they got a notice and because they just dropped it and quit talking about it. All but right. Very, so, er- okay. Go ahead. very early on, they were very willing to come forward and talk about all the explosives, talk about how it's impossible the two of them did it. But as time went on, the story changed and changed and changed, sort of like how any major event like that. Yeah. From your little bit of digging, or not a little, you've done a decent amount. For your 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 amount of digging into this, because it's a pretty niche topic. I wasn't trying to say it to throw throw spite or anything, but uh, what are the many the different variations you've seen on why why this just fell through? I mean, we can go from the gambit from probably the more uh, apologetic, like if I was to ask Destiny 
on Twitter, what, like why this happened, what would be his his reasoning to maybe some of the more conspiratorial ones? Because uh, I mean, that seems like a pretty glaring like, why was there not more done here? Something like I'm 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 I mean, obviously, if we got more information that found out reasoning why this was the case, it'd be it'd be one thing. But these seem very suspicious to never even really anything come of it. I, that's I don't. It's weird. I don't know. I mean, with uh, with Chris Morris, there is I, no one's been able to figure it out, or if they have, I don't know. His mom was either worked with Jefferson County or was like a dispatch for some sort of police department. And with all everyone that's involved, like all of their alibis are really shitty. Like their mom said, they were at the house sleeping. He's a teenager. That's what they do. So, I guess that alibi was good enough for them. I don't, I don't know. All right, weird. All right. Um, trying to think. Is there any other any other things you want to bring up while we're on the pack of wolves? Uh, and then I guess I have one more question on the pack of wolves before we move on. <clears throat> well, as far as uh, Michael Fortier, uh, Nate Dykeman, multiple witnesses saying Eric and Dylan in the morning and in the afternoon in the parking lot. And they all, a lot of them named a tan sedan and that was his vehicle. So there were some people like involved that obviously didn't know what was going to pop off. And I think he was probably one of them. Mm. All right. Are there any, you did kind of mention how on these different levels there might be holes with these, just if, if you stuck to just these theories. So you think there are any, major holes that you can think of with sticking with just the straight and narrow uh, pack of wolves narrative? I guess it would be more like things that uh, it would imply it goes deeper, I guess maybe, or, or I guess it could even be the opposite. Have you ever, have you ever, have you seen anything in the pack of wolves that you feel like is not well-founded? Well, uh, I, I think there's really solid evidence that Robert Perry at least shot one girl. I mean, there's just, there was, so many witnesses that named him the official explanation is well he looks so similar to dylan and that's why all these people just confused him with the same person which doesn't really make sense because he had a bad acne and even in brooks brown's description when he was describing dylan he said he had bad acne which is weird because brooks brown knows dylan didn't have bad acne so there might be someone on the inside sort of like a FBI 302, how they can write it however they want, so they can make kind of shape a narrative. All right, all right. Uh, I guess, I guess that's probably my. Dang, I had another question. I think I was going to ask. Uh, but all right, let's move on. I guess past pack of wolves. Let's get into kind of more of like a. I guess this is kind of where it veers off his version. Uh, as opposed to the uh, you know the the traditional template you use for the uh, for the you know Oklahoma City one, uh, I guess this one gets into government op, which I guess to me this is kind of like the level of like maybe this is some sort of failed sting. This would be the implication essentially so, uh, something along those lines, uh, which many people theorize is kind of similar thing that happened with OKC. Um, I, I so I guess what is there there. Thank you. I, you know, I back up real quick. I want to know Robert Perry. Tell me more about him before we move on. Or did or was he the one you were talking about that worked at the pizza thing? Because I feel like he's going to probably come up again later. So I just want to give people a quick bio on this guy. I, I forget who you broke down earlier. 
uh, Chris Morris worked at Black Pizza. Chris Morris. Or, okay, okay. I can't remember if Robert Perry did. He wasn't even a student at Columbine when this happened. He was either graduated a year early or he was expelled. So, like, so it, that really doesn't make sense why all these people saw him there that day. Okay. All right. Uh, I just didn't know if there's anything other pertinent information to know about Perry because uh, I feel like he will come up again. Um, all right. Now back to the government op. Uh, so what is there to suggest this? Because, I mean, that is one easy explanation for this. You could surmise that, you know, they infiltrated the these this trench coat mafia and somehow it, it, it accidentally went live or whatever before they could, you know, run in and heroically stop it like the feds. Uh, the feds always do, you know. Uh, so I guess what are there? What is there really necessarily to imply that being the case? Because it does look that way when uh, these things fall through the cracks. Because it just doesn't make sense otherwise. Really, why these things are falling through the cracks? But I'll, I'll, I'll let you go on now. All right. Uh, in the science hall, the science hall is where Dave Sanders was hiding in one of the classrooms. And Jennifer Small saw Dylan Klebold with a with a grown man, and the re- she, Jefferson County used her testimony a lot to like establish like a timeline as far as them roaming around in the halls. Except for that, because they're like, well, that can't be true. Her and <clears throat> I think it's like Jonathan Vanderoo or something like that. Another about three or four people saw this same guy. He was uh he had frosted tips. He was a uh, <clears throat> one of them said he was balding and he was very muscular and he had a tan sawed off shotgun. So a grown man being with either of the shooters is peculiar to, at the very least. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So is is there much? Is there more to it than just the the one one guy who looked like a full grown man, or is there? Is there, is there other things for this level? Because I feel like after this level, it starts getting to the point where people are like, holy shit, all right, now we're going to weird cookie territory, which I'm not saying that to say it's not true, but once you start getting to like MK Ultra and stuff, uh, that's where we're past the point of like, all right, we're, we're going to give the, the government some level of benefit of the doubt here. Uh, is there anything on the, on the pack of wolves level that you feel like merits, uh, merits going into further? Uh, multiple witnesses described seeing dead bodies inside of the school when there weren't because they were all in the library mm. and Dave, Dave, he died in the science room. So bodies being in the cafeteria and stairways, I think one witness said she saw a body that was in black and a ski mask or something along those lines. So, and initially they like, they weren't saying they were estimating 17 to 22 dead they said they confirmed like 20 people dead and then the number got down to 15 so whatever happened with those extra people or i i guess they might have jumped the gun to said yeah there's over 20 people dead but i don't know it's kind of doesn't line up with a lot of the witnesses okay uh all right well i guess we move on to the next level uh what is there at all that makes this seem like there might be some sort of MK Ultra, something along those lines. We, we a, lot, a lot of times we use MK Ultra as like a catch-all that covers a lot of different things. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure what the implication is here, 
But are there any connections that seem to bear out this possibility? And I guess you can even take this moment to point out if there are different. I feel like with something like this, there's got to be multiple variations of it within the uh, conspiracy crowds that they, people have come up with. As far as MK Ultra, Eric Harris's father was Wayne Harris, and he was a former Air Force. I, I, I guess he was deployed somewhere. I can't remember where. And he worked with flight safety systems. That was like a flight simulator after he retired from the Air Force. And so they, let me back up. Before they went to Columbine, Eric Harris, Wayne Harris, they were always moving around because he was in the military. And they lived in Plattsburgh, uh, New York, I believe. It's a, and they stayed at Plattsburgh Air Force Base. I believe Ewing Cameron had something to do with Plattsburgh Air Force Base. He's supposed to be a big player in MK Ultra, so that is circumstantial. But it is very odd that you just so happened to go there, and your son went on to do what he did. Yeah. Um, another name that was in that post, Eli Lilly. What does that mean to you? I don't know. I wasn't familiar with that name. Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna that. lie. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, any other major things with MK Ultra that you want to you want to you want to touch on uh, before we get into the big shebang, the next level, and, and then we'll we'll continue to go further. Is there, is there anything on the uh, MK Ultra level that you can think of that we should cover before we move on? I haven't found anything official on it, but I believe his name was John Quinn. It's like an old school blog. It's got like that weird desktop background it's just a long post he claimed he had documents and evidence that while eric harris was at plattsburgh air force base he complained of being drugged and all this other stuff i want it to be true but i haven't i haven't found anything besides that one post okay well all right i guess that brings us to the last one occult ritual that's the last one we brought up and I only bring up all these because you did say you thought maybe it was some combination of all of these different variations, which I guess after this, I, I kind of like to get into your headcanon of what you think may or may not have happened and your supporting reasons for why. Uh, but I guess, is there any weird occult stuff going on? I guess I could kind of maybe surmise these goth kids were dabbling in, you know, edginess, even in things like religion and stuff. Um, which if you, you can get into some weird spot spots with as silly as it may sound to those, not, you know, that don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff with dark magic and such, you can get to weird places, look into Alistair Crowley's life story and you'll see what I mean. Uh, it's a thing some people take seriously and get weird with it. Uh, is there anything really that you can think of occult related in any way to this whole thing? There. With the FBI documents very early on, uh, I think the name was redacted, but a lot of members of the Trenchcoat Mafia, they had like weird occult stuff in their rooms. I think one of them had like a Wiccan stand, something along those lines. As far as occult stuff, there is this one weird place in Colorado. It's Sedalia, something along those lines. Uh, Ted Boyles uh, told investigators that him and Eric and Dylan would play paintball over there, or which is in and of itself is not weird. This is this one weird account. What was her name? Tamara Rumor said she saw Brooks Brown uh, visiting an older male there later at night. 
and she said it is really weird and creepy and it didn't make a whole lot of sense. I think, yeah, he was employed at Blackjack Pizza, whoever lived there. And the address was to Ronald and Jerry Edwin. And let's see. There is, and that, so, however you say that town, is associated with occult stuff. Got it written down somewhere. What's it called? I can't remember. I can't remember what the cult was called, but it was like there's some cult activity over there. Okay. All right, fair enough. All right. Well, I guess let's get into – I want to get – because you said you think maybe it was some combination of all of these uh, possibly. I'm not saying you're asserting this is the case. So I'd like to get into what your thoughts on and what you think is your – I guess your your conjecture, your theories uh, – you can kind of take this any way you want and, you know, feel free to give your supporting reasonings of why as you go. Uh, obviously when you're laying this out, this is just saying, this is what I think based on what I've seen. This is not something you would maybe assert. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. You can get, you can give us our level of confidence on each level as you go. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and uh, shoot, I guess. Okay. So my theory for what happened at Columbine is Eric and Dylan did shoot people and they were there. There had to be at least at least one other shooter. I would say probably two. And there was one account. I don't have it in my notes. Uh, might have been Zach Heckler. It was a trench coat mafia associate that said there was up to eight people involved. Four of them might have done the shooting, and the other ones helped plan it, get the bombs, and help carry everything into the school. With the accounts of the weird timeline accounts of like all the bodies in the cafeteria, it kind of points to like, there had to be more than just Eric and Dylan because they can't be everywhere at once. And when you get into accounts of adult handlers being around the building, then that kind of points to some sort of maybe military or something guiding the whole process to make sure it goes on. And then you have the whole cover up, so it has to, it kind of points to something being guiding it, making sure it goes away, and it's it's a big clusterfuck. It's hard to make head or tails out of anything you read from witnesses or what's going on. I think yeah, I think once you start digging, you you, you kind of have me completely, you know. So I guess maybe you could explain away some of the cover up as some sort of local person's kid or something like that. Maybe you know make a case it's more of a localized corruption. But, yeah, it, I think just a simple fact, like, I think when you look, like, I haven't looked that deeply, but I feel pretty confidently, feel pretty confident saying it wasn't just those two. So that's kind of where I'm at right there is, like, I can't, I wouldn't, I, I definitely haven't looked into this enough to have any strong theories about it being any more uh, malfeasance than that. But I would say at the very least, you're looking at some sort of local corruption because somehow people got got out of this. And, you know, I'm completely open it to being a higher level of corruption. But I'll, I'll let you go on because uh, I feel like there might be more angles to this. But so far, it seems to be me and you are pretty much on the same level there. Uh, you know, that would be my surmise. Uh, you know, that would be my read of the situation based on what I know and what you've told me so far. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. If you want to, if there's more to it, I mean, I didn't know if you want right. to expound on some of your other things. Like, on, like what? Like, because I feel like you probably think there might be more to it than that. I know you alluded to some of the MK Ultra and the. I mean, obviously, you might want to hedge those a little bit. Like, there's not as much to support this, but 
I, I'm kind of interested in what, what your take is on all that. Well, as well, the reason I believe there has to be more than Eric and Dylan is because I don't, at the very least, Dylan didn't kill himself with whatever, with whatever hit Eric, it was either that 12 gauge he had, or maybe a sniper on a roof could have took him out. But as, but we kind of have this funny, weird deal is officially it, it was labeled a double suicide. And then when we started getting pictures and everything, everybody's like, that shit ain't right. Cause the guns in Dylan's wrong hand. It's the guns not even in the picture. The bullets on the opposite side of his temple. He's kind of rolled over. Somebody kicked him over. And then, so they use, they, I think it was Forbes, Forbes magazine. They put out, well, Eric killed him. Eric killed him. And that explains all the weird shit. So there we go. It's just them still. But Eric was dead before Dylan. So how the hell did he kill Dylan when he was already dead? And how do we know that who died first? Eric's brains is all over Dylan's leg. Okay. So, or no, it's opposite. Dylan's brains is all over Eric's leg. So it'd be kind of hard for him to use that sawed off without, you know, getting all that off his legs. And we do know that they were in, they're relatively close to the positions they were in in the photographs because the books right behind where Eric's head would be when he was sitting up, they had blood all over it. So he was, they're in the positions pretty close to when they died, they're in that position. And we have weird accounts of, what's his name? It's Wayne DePew's the dad. It's, it's DePew. I can't think of his first name. But he heard them say they're coming in. So it kind of, and Eric gave the hand signal that cops are coming in. And then you have a cop's bullet in the library. So at the very least, if there's a third shooter, it might have been the police. But something happened in that library that they ain't saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess that makes, there could be some cover up there, although it's hard to think like what could it have been that would, you know, I, I feel like some untowards action by the cops wouldn't be enough to make sense of this. Cause they probably could have made up another story and still pursued the other individuals involved. Uh, but yes, that does seem to heavily imply there's more going on. Um, what are your, what are your instincts tell you about some of the more, more kookier stuff? Uh, and you know, like some of the MK Ultra, the occult. Uh, are you buying that these played any sort of part? Uh, obviously, like I said, you might want to hedge your bets there. I would as well. It's kind of like when I talk about some of the OKC stuff. Say when you get into guilty agent, when it comes to like McVeigh, it is kind of like, yeah, sure, theoretically he could have made this all up. I mean, it seems fishy to me, but it's possible. Uh, so uh, I mean, uh, I, I guess kind of where, where are your thoughts there? Uh, you know, what, 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 what do you have that really is kind of backing up your, uh, you know, thoughts on the matter? All right. There is this one weird little detail. Uh, Brooks Brown and Eric were friends early on in high school. And then they had a falling out because Eric was psycho and Brooks couldn't ever wake up on time. Eric damaged Brooks windshield one time and, uh, Brooks parents cause all kind of hell. So, Eric's father, Wayne, took him over to Brooks Brown's house, and he just sat in the truck the whole time. Well, it, tur it turned out he has a journal. He had a journal on his son, Eric, and he like he has notes in that journal writing about that incident. 
And Brooks's father, Randy, said it was weird. He just sent Eric in to apologize, and he just sat in the truck. So, like, that's a weird little detail that he did keep a journal on Eric. Hmm. It could be nothing. It could be he's just former military, and that's what he does. And who who was this guy again? Uh, refresh me, because, yeah, that is weird. What was the name of this fellow? Uh, who he went to apologize to? The the one writing the the one writing the journal. It's his, uh, it's to... his father. Okay. Oh, he was Wayne he Harris. Was, oh, so he was taking notes on his own son. He had a journal yes. that he was. Okay. Huh. That is very weird. I don't know what he did in the military, but it's. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't chalk that up to military. That's. Yeah, that's very, very, that's a little different. Uh, yeah, that's some next level stuff. Which I guess theoretically that's possible. Um, all right. I, so there's your MK ultra, you know, kind of maybe angle going on there. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, do you, do you put any credence really much to the occultism having any sort of play in here? I feel like if we are going MK ultra, I actually think these go hand in hand personally. Yeah. That's they, they, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It's, uh, with the occult stuff, it's more of like, kind of like it has to go with the MK ultra. If that makes any sort of sense, because they're all going to be edgy teenagers. I mean, they're all gothic. The people yeah. that were involved. It's basically the. It's basically what was going on in chaos with the man with the like. Anyone's read that book? The kind of with Manson and the and a lot of the like the the little hippie families that were kind of sprouting up, and then the MK Ultra kind of seeped its way into there is what it seems like, and they are taking these loner, uh, loner uh, groups uh, that are like kind of fringe. Uh, aspects of society and kind of the, it's essentially a little little lab for them to tinker around uh, you know over there to kind of mess with damaged people and see what they can you know what they can mold out of that damage typically uh yeah go on i didn't know if you i cut you off any other thoughts you had uh with columbine you had a lot of parents that were former military law enforcement things along those lines and then bowling for columbine the michael moore movie he, he went to the Lockheed Martin facility that's in Littleton, Colorado. And that facility, like, employs like a third of Littleton, Colorado, like 10,000 people. I think, uh, I believe that facility made uh, satellites in the 50s. And I don't, I don't remember if they started making ballistic missiles or anything like that. But uh, thinking of Bowling for Columbine, there is also... Uh, like a super dangerous facility there that they made is either they had for handling plutonium or like enriched uranium. It was something bananas that this was in the town. Huh. Yeah. No, that does make it a spooky town in the, in the glowy type of way. Um, uh, all right. Uh, is there any other major things you want to cover in relation to it? Any other points that we, we didn't really get to cover that you wanted to go more in depth on? Because uh, I'm kind of at my, the end of my rope of where I, I really can pull much more out of this. This is all very interesting stuff, but is there anything else Columbine-related? Uh, any other things, points you would like to address that you didn't get to? Anything along those lines? With most of the MK Ultra stuff, it's going to be Eric Harris and his father. A lot of that's going to be in that area. With Dylan, I think his dad was like, I mean, I guess you could call it a government job. He worked at like a gas company. Something along those lines. So a lot of it, and a lot of people in the trench coat mafia allegedly had military family members, people involved with government, things along those lines. Hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Uh, 
is there anything else you, you got the any, any other you know anything at all uh, uh i mean uh, columbine related before we move on all right this this can be the last thing uh, robin robin anderson she went to prom with dylan Klebold. Mm-hmm. i found in the uh, levin cave where uh she uh, bought the two shotguns for Dylan and Eric at a gun show. And they were both like former Pentagon workers. One of them was like special forces, something like that. So that's a, I'm sure it was just a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of coincidences always seem to pop up around these major events, but yeah, it could be, it could be just a coincidence. Well, I right, mean, it was a pleasure having you. Um, I, I guess drop your plugs, let people know who you are, what, what you're about before we get out of here, uh, if you do, you know, end up thinking of anything else you want to add to this, feel free to hit me up. We can add a third part. Uh, it's no problem, but I think this is a good little two parter to go into kind of what this story is, what it's about the deeper possible implications. And I think it's completely fair for us to go for us to go in this and then give you an accurate idea somewhat roughly of what the, 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 the feeling on the, the ground is here. I'll be honest. I'm kind of coming away of like, okay, Seems like something more is going on here, but I'm I don't I'm not going full DefCon five because I, I there, there's not like a ton, but it is weird. I'll grant you that, and there might be something there. Uh, it's definitely not like I think, in my opinion, a case where it's as rock solid as a lot of things like uh, OKC or something like that, for example. But yeah, go ahead and drop your plugs. If there's any other thoughts you you have on the matter or anything in general, now would be a good time. But uh, yeah, kind of give your final thoughts and your and your uh, and who, your plugs. All right. As far as a uh, final thoughts, Columbine. I mean, when you say school shooting, everyone thinks of Columbine. So, I mean, it was the worst mass shooting in American history up until, I believe, Virginia Tech. So, with an event like this, it I believe there might be some sort of skeleton key here that would explain a lot. A lot of the weird things going on currently with mass shootings and all the weird things people find, but yeah, I mean, there's something here, and I like I like investigating it, and I only yeah. get on Twitter, and my handle's not Jolly McFay. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I think people should they should dig into this, especially stuff like this, to where it's kind of like it's almost like a borderline cold case in certain ways, but there's still info out there and things to be dug into. And people might glean new information. Who knows? Maybe people start doing FOIAs, find new information, and that's that's how these things. Who knows? Twenty years from now, this could be basically an established, a borderline established fact that there was something fucky going on here, uh, like a lot of things have in, in you know history. And this is kind of how this works. Uh, this is the cycle, and hopefully we can you know shorten the cycle every time to where maybe people will catch up with people and be like, oh, there's weird shit going on here. Uh, and we, the, this assumption that they stopped is, uh, is always kind of silly because it's like, no, you just, you, you're just thinking of the, the, the last thing they let you know about, but all right, that's enough for me. I, I, I had a good time with this. This is fun. I liked having you on, uh, you know, maybe I'll have you on again for some other, uh, thing, but, uh, with that, check out this show guys on rumble. Uh, it's also on all the audio packages on YouTube. It's on Odyssey. Uh, if you want to support me, patreon.com, Jose 2020 follow me on Twitter at TowerGangJose, like, share, subscribe, comment, all the good stuff, Bo- boost it up in the algos. Thank you, Tim, and thanks everyone who showed up. We are out.